Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Schreiber. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, I'm running out of podcast titles because I called last night's The Weird Olympics and now Novak Djokovic has lost. Novak Djokovic, the indestructible Novak Djokovic, Catherine, who had won the Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon and was absolutely the dead cert of all dead certs to win the Olympics, as far as I was concerned. (laughs) I was concerned a lot of things over the last week, but that results him being defeated by Alexander Zverev despite Zverev losing the first set 6-1 and being 3-2 in a breakdown, I, I've i just watched it again. I've just watched it again whilst cooking and having dinner and trying to spot where th- this all turned and why. And I still feel a little bit clueless about it. No, oh, I thought Catch. you were going to say, no, and here's why it is. I've got, I've got one or two theories. this wouldn't be a completely pointless podcast. But I'd quite like to hear the, the version of events that you oh, have in your minds first. Oh, do you want to hear mine first? Yeah. Yes. Don't, don't cliffhanger yeah. us, right. David. And then we'll okay. judge you. All right. Judge me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I could completely come out out with why from a Novak Djokovic perspective because I first of all I should say I think that there's a clear gift cha- gear change in the way Alexander Zverev suddenly started playing and it I think it's always quite difficult in these situations to know where one player comes down and allows the other player back in or the other player shoulder barges their way into the match and the other one doesn't have much say in it and it's it's usually a combination um, unless somebody's playing out of their mind but I don't think that Zverev just did this and rendered Novak Djokovic unable to compete there was there was definitely some of some of the other as well because I turned on and it was three or four one in the first set initially and Djokovic is just doing what he's done all the way through this tournament he's he's winning easily and he's winning as though he's just playing another sport to everybody else and he's winning within himself. Um, and then he just goes quiet and, all, and it all starts happening very quickly and Zverev starts to hit that, I think, signature shot that makes you think, right, he's in form now, which is a running backhand down the line. 
with control and power and penetration no matter what the opponent does um and i think the the lack of crowd is is a benefit to Zverev here's somebody who reached his biggest result of his career in front of nobody at the US Open um and he's done it again now and Djokovic has just come from winning the French Open and Wimbledon in amazing atmospheres and I don't think when things started to go badly there was nothing to tap into and he looked flat and he looked energyless he looked spent and I don't exactly know why, and I don't. From the quotes he's given, I don't think he is exactly sure why, but that's what seems to happen. What's your version? It looked like a a power cut to me. Yeah, a, good, a good way of putting it. A power failure in a human being that he just suddenly his his energy bar on the Novak Djokovic computer game just went down to zero, and. <laughs> It's a it's a little bit of what you said, David, about you know how much is it the the opponent hitting a hot streak and taking it out of his hands? Because on the rare occasion that Djokovic does lose to a big hitting player that takes a match by the scruff of the neck, Djokovic does look underpowered. In that scenario, Djokovic looks underpowered. He's not he's he's not a feeble player, but power isn't his main weapon but I still think he looked underpowered in the extreme today for the latter part of that match now full disclosure at a set in a breakup I stopped paying attention to that match such was my conviction that the result was a foregone conclusion and I was at work and had other you know I was already in a juggling situation and I I prioritised other things. What is your juggling situation? Just to give us an idea of how you have to sort of... You're trying to keep across the tennis, but what I'm, else is going I'm on? I'm linking between sports on Eurosport 1. So sort of essentially have to be across everything or everything where there are potential stories, um, which is brilliant. Dream come true for me. It's a, it's a, It's like the first few days of a slam, you know, where... Matt's eyes look a little bit wild. It sounds <laughs> it's like a nightmare. Brilliant. It's all brilliant, but it's also all a little bit too much. Um, so I, I'm, I've got the tennis on one of my screens, but it's quite difficult to give it my full attention unless a story looks like it's developing and then a tennis rises up my agenda. But I, it didn't even occur to me that a story would develop there. Um, but I certainly tuned in. Well, I tuned in when he was one breakdown in the deciding set, expecting some sort of surge, some sort of comeback. And actually, it it just looked like he was wading through quicksand. It was it was quite horrible to watch. Really, um, I, I I really felt for, for Novak Djokovic today, um, and it was disconcerting to see him like that you summed it up in a I think it was you Matt in a tweet because it wasn't a pole vault um you said yes we expected Djokovic to be more vulnerable over best of three sets yes we expected him not to like these conditions one bit and yet it still didn't really occur to any of us that he actually might lose um, so I, I, that's what it looked like happened to me. Why it happened, I'm at a loss. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I really am 
left with such a sense of shock, a sense of shock to match some of the biggest upsets we've seen in tennis in recent years. I think, you know, you throw out names who are synonymous with an upset, Vinci, Stokowski. I'm left with a similar feeling today, and I think that speaks to the historic nature of what Djokovic was going for, because Alexander Zverev is not one of those players. He's he's a better calibre of player, so it perhaps shouldn't be as surprising, but it really is. Djokovic, as you said, David, has seemed so indestructible, just on this path to achieving something historic here. And yes, there were these little signs of the heat and the humidity and the best of three sets rather than the best of five that suggested he could be more vulnerable. But it didn't feel like that at all. And I think that's why it's so shocking, because the manner of how this match flipped, as you said, he was cruising, cruising in this match, looking brilliant, just complete control of his game, of his movement, of where the ball's going, just playing with such clarity. And then suddenly it flipped completely the other way. And, and, and in his words, my game fell apart. And that is exactly what happened. He he stopped being able to hit through Zverev, as you said, that sort of power outage. His stamina seemed to go. He seemed to be lacking energy. You used the word flat, David. I think that's exactly what it what it was. There was a flicker at the, at the start of the third set where he'd gone down a break. And then he had break back points in the second game of the third set. And... There was a moment there where I thought he might get back into the match. But when he didn't take that break point, he then lost serve again. And I just thought, time is running out here. He is he is not going to get this back because he's not got the energy. He's, he's knackered. But yeah, just the manner of the match is why it's so shocking. Djokovic doesn't lose from a set up. Set and a break up. He'd won his last 68 matches when he'd won the first set. This just doesn't happen. And yet it did so dramatically and so suddenly. And it's it's a huge deal, this. Do you, do you think that this would have happened, let's say they met in the semifinals of the US Open? Would and and he's and he's leading a set of break. And, in what and, circumstances? Is there a crowd? Is it just the best of five yeah, distinction well, that you're making? Yeah, there's a crowd. Um, and he's he's had a, a a flat period in a match. He's lost his set and a break lead, and suddenly he's lost the third set, six one, six love. Does he? Do you feel? Would you feel that he would come back looking like he looked today in the distance? Yes, I I always think he's going to come back. <laughs> he's never Djokovic. He's won three slams this year. He's looked unbeatable. Uh, even when my eyes were telling me. Otherwise, I thought he was going to come back today. Um, so, yes, but <laughs> I was wrong today. Um, so, pff, who who knows? It really does. I, I don't know whether it's a just a one-off freak result precipitated by a number of combining factors that we've discussed throughout the week and just sort of a weird Olympics result. Um or whether look i mean he could he could drop a 10 ton weight on his foot over the next few weeks and still be favorite for the US Open i think but i'm not casting that into doubt over one result but you know the the mental resolved resolve quite required to tr- even try and pull this off this calendar slam 
you know, the, the, the smallest dent to it, the smallest swerve off course, I think is, is not insignificant. Um, and also how, how drained he looked today. Was that a one-off sort of condition-related thing that you can just bounce back from once you're in a, a lovely acclimatised air-conditioned environment and you've had a few days rest? Or was that someone whose tank for the year is, is empty? I don't know the answers to any of those questions, but they're not questions I was asking two days ago. Mm. And I think that's what's so interesting about this is that we don't know the full the full effect of this result until a few weeks' time. Okay, obviously we know it's denied Djokovic the gold medal and we can view this result in isolation and it can be really shocking. But ultimately we will look back on the totality of this season, I think, and how we view this will be, I think, will be connected to whether Djokovic does the calendar slam or not. I don't buy the idea that this is insignificant for Djokovic if he wins the calendar slam. I saw a few tweets going around saying that this will be forgotten if Djokovic wins the calendar slam. I I don't agree with that. I think he wants the Olympic gold. The fact he went to Tokyo, despite all the restrictions, proved that. You know, he was after this. He loves playing for Serbia. He wants to complete tennis, you know, and, and this is an element that is missing. I think you're doing him a disservice if you think he can just forget this and sweep this aside. He wants to win everything. He wants to be all-conquering. Um, at the same time, I do believe the strength of a calendar slam achievement would be so overwhelming and so monumental that it would significantly help him get over this. And there would be a nagging sense of what if, perhaps, if he completes the calendar slam and doesn't have the golden part. But ultimately, his main goal is the calendar slam, I think. So, yeah, I don't know whether that makes sense. I just think we won't fully understand this result until we've got to the mm. US Open, in a way, and, and had that come and yeah. go. Yeah, I, I, I personally think that if he completes the Grand Slam, uh, which none of his contemporaries have, have ever done, I think that that will trump all of their achievements um, and you know, puts him alongside two two men in history. Um, th- there's no no question this is this is hurting him. It, it hurt him last time. He desperately, desperately wanted to do this. Um, and the chances are he's never going to do it. Now, uh, I saw a tweet from my colleague Russell Fuller saying he'd be 37 by the time the next one comes round and he wouldn't bet, bet against him. I think Anybody who says flatly Novak Djokovic is not going to do this one day with with a, another Olympic Games in four years what, what is it three years time now mm-hmm. is it yeah three years time I think that's this, that's certainly possible but it's it's a heck of a lot less likely than it was twenty four hours ago um, and uh, you know I, I I think he's he's far more likely to be not not the player he is now in three years time um but i'm really pleased that he that he went i'm really pleased that he had a go at this um i think i think if he hadn't that would have been even harder to swallow to be honest for him um and 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 he's he's given it a good a good go um and i mean a few more quotes from that Sasha Osmo got from uh, from Djokovic. I feel terrible. My game fell apart. I just stopped, allowed him to dictate. And that's what really struck me watching it, is he started to play like a wall from the baseline. And when Zverev's really playing well, that's not actually enough. 
because if he he can hit through he he's got a very similar looking game and as and if he's not messed around and if he's not forced on the back foot or into defensive positions himself to be awkward you've, you you're going to end up in a problem and that's happened before against Zverev for Djokovic that that match at the ATP finals was was straight sets and it was just, it was quite similar for two sets as those last two sets were today um and yeah, he says, look, I didn't come here fresh. I came here exhausted emotionally, but very motivated and with a desire to win a medal for my country. I hope to use at least one of the chances tomorrow. Now, by that, he means he's playing in a bronze medal match against Pablo Corina Busta. And he's also playing in a bronze medal match in the mixed doubles because his day got worse, folks. He followed up singles defeat with mixed doubles defeat against uh, alongside Stojanovic and and again poor Nina Stojanovic I mean, that had to go up to him in the dressing room and say you, you ready to go yes. back out and play some <laughs> tennis now yes I was wondering whether after suitable rest on the order of play might be in about three weeks something like that we can, <laughs> we can play this semi-final um, yeah it was kind of incredible to see Novak Djokovic back on court I think it was on court one it wasn't even on the center court you know, just moments after this really it punishing defeat. It's very weird. You know, normally normally tennis players lose if they lose in a big match and you don't see them for a little bit. You know, they're, they're able to just go away. And he was so just publicly back out there. It was a very weird situation. Um, just on, on that point, David, of him being 37 at, at the next Olympics, who knows? It's it's kind of fascinating how these these careers of these players can seem so set in one direction and then suddenly change. I mean, how many times have we thought Federer was going to be the leader at the end of it all? How many times have we thought Nadal? Now we think it's Djokovic. But I do wonder whether having the Olympics in three years' time is the sort of thing that might even extend Novak Djokovic's career. You know, I believe it, it. It, it could mm. be something that he aims for something that motivates him when he's done everything else on clay a Roland Garros yeah. in Paris I mean I do think oh. clay is the surface where his game has declined a little bit that seems like a ridiculous thing to say in the year that he won Roland Garros beating Rafael Nadal <laughs> but I do think he's more vulnerable <laughs> on that surface but we'll see it's it is fascinating I go, I go back to 2015 when he when he lost to Wawrinka at the French Open that that felt like a crushing loss at the time there were backhands fizzing past him he'd beaten Nadal he'd beaten Murray he was all set up to win the French Open for the first time and he lost and I thought gosh okay where next for Novak Djokovic he won the next four slams (laughs) (laughs) this is this is a guy who can absorb blows and bounce back but He's done that in the past. Doesn't mean he necessarily will be able to do it again. I just I'm fascinated by what this result does for the next weeks and months and years ahead. It's it's just changed things. I mm. thought we were going in one direction, and we've we've taken a different turning. Mm. Um, by the way, the idea of three years time, the olympics at roland garros being a carrot dangling before novak Djokovic suddenly occurred to me i wonder whether rafael nadal's thought about it <laughs> well Ooh. he already has gold yeah i know but in fact he has singles and doubles gold doesn't he he does mixed doubles 
Knowing it's there, though, Catherine. I mean... With Suarez Navarro out of retirement. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. That'll do. Well, um, Alexander Zverev afterwards told the media... Carlos Suarez Nadalo. Oh, my... (laughs) (laughs) What were the ones from yesterday again? There was... Maritza Pass, which is Maritza Maria. Pass, Navarisa. Ma- uh, Maria Sakari and mm. uh, Stefano. I came Pass, up with uh, beers for Barty and Piers today and thought that that was a moment of just astonishing genius uh, and quickly discovered on Twitter that others had already come up with that. Oh, well, I'm still impressed, Catherine. Beers Thank party, you. isn't it? Is yes, it? I, I prefer beers. I, I, me too. Mm. Particularly after last How, night. <laughs> I was going to say, David, tell us about last night. Oh, dear. I had three of them and uh, I've not felt too good today at all. I felt behind in everything that I've done. I've not really been on he it. He means bottles, not pints, folks. Yeah. And he's six foot seven. Yeah. WhatsApp messages were just getting one tick on our group. Like they weren't <laughs> yeah. going through to David this morning. <laughs> That is unheard of. David is a is a fast replier and is sending WhatsApps, you know, any time from 4.30 a.m. onwards. <laughs> we were pushing 10 o'clock and there was nothing from David. <laughs> Genuinely concerning. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, what can I say? Um, Zverev was talking about what he said to Djokovic to the net and he said, I mean, he was he was tearful. He was very emotional. And he said, he'd said to him, you're the greatest of all time, and this won't change that. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's he got to finish the job, though, hasn't he, really? I'm sh- I would have thought, in it, you know, he's into the Olympic final, and if he were to lose this final now, that would be massively bittersweet, really, I would I would have thought. He's playing Karen Hatchinov, who's, to me, to me, a surprise finalist, but, well... What an opportunity! He beat Pablo Carina Buster today, six three six three, and uh, and I think, I think that could be quite a good match, Hatchinov Zverev. You know, I I kind of feel like Hatchinov is going to bring it and have a right old go. What do you think, Matt? Quite an interesting head to head, two all, and Hatchinov's won the last two and won them pretty handily. I mean, they weren't they weren't that recent. They were. Uh, 2018 in Paris when he went on to win oh, yes. win the title, and uh, 2019 in Canada, I think. But they were both straight sets wins. Um, I saw the second set of Hatchinov today, and I thought he was good. I thought he was playing exactly the way you would want Hatchinov to play, which was imposing that big game, serving well, hitting big forehands, just kind of no nonsense. Didn't he didn't get involved in a real tussle with Karenio Buster, which I thought he might. He just sort of handles him like he like he should be able to with that big game. So that was that was impressive, I thought. And actually this this last month has been has been impressive. I was beginning to think of Hakshinov as the fourth Russian, having been the first mm. really to to break into the top ten. Medvedev had overtaken him, Rublev had and given Karatsev's start to the year, he was more relevant, but Action of Wimbledon quarterfinal. Rele- relegated to the role of Russia's secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, it, it, it's impressive what, what Hatchinov's doing. And, gosh, that that win over Karenio Buster was great. But in light of Djokovic going out, it's now presented him with a real opportunity. I mean, I think Zverev's still the favourite for that match. But 
he's got a much better chance of beating Zverev, I think, than he would yeah. have done Djokovic. Well, I, I always think as well of of interviewing uh, Elena Dementieva uh, maybe about a year after she'd won the gold medal. And you could tell that it didn't really matter what else she did in her career or what had gone before. That was going to be enough for her to to feel massively satisfied as a, as a, as a tennis player. Can I ask a hypothetical question? Yeah. I'm going to ask it now because it could be completely irrelevant come Sunday. Oh, but I'm in love a hypothetical. Go on. Just trying to work out how you view an Olympic gold and, you know, its, its significance. If Hatchinov wins on Sunday, whose career to date would you rather have? Hatchinov's or Medvedev's? Hatchinov's. But, I, you know, I would... I would sell my soul to the devil for an Olympic gold. <laughs> Dr. Faustus style. <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. To date. So am I, do I have to assume that Medvedev never wins a major title? No, 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 no. They retire now. Yeah, they retire they now. They both retire now. There's no... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd do the same. I'd do the same. So I, mean, I think that shows. This is a big deal if Akshinov yeah. can win mm. this. Because Medvedev's and got I mean, two slam finals. It, it is only on that gold medal you know there's no, Hatchinov I, f- I feel has had an, a bit of an underwhelming career mm. so far so uh, and I, I, don't, I don't mean what's to your mean, answer Matt yeah I think I probably would uh, if we cut it now I think I'm always thinking of big titles and an Olympic gold is is huge you would never stop looking at it would you you would no. you would just take it out every now and again and it would no, complete you, you would You'd wear it. I'd wear it to bed. It needs to be on your person. Catherine take it out actually... from where, David? From, from about my person. Yeah, you wouldn't take it off, ever. No. You would uh, sleep in it and shower in it. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Provided that didn't degrade the <laughs> the material. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, okay. Well, well, David, you said Hatchnov hasn't progressed or has had a bit of a disappointing career really this is his first final since paris is it yeah he's not even reached a final that is underwhelming and if you think about it that is so underwhelming his paris victory wasn't that the the podcast where matt appeared for the first time and matt roberts day happened yeah Um, we went big on hatchinov yeah so we've got we've got that to thank uh, karen hatchinov for uh, us assembling in a pub in 2018 and uh, and inventing Matt Roberts on the podcast, so delighted. I don't. Um, I think there's slightly ropey cause and effect situation there, David. I'm not <laughs> sure. We didn't say whoa, whoa, whoa. There, Ka- Karen Hatchinov's doing a thing. Let's yes, but, let's but get that, Matt Roberts on air. My, my, my recollection is that Matt had Hatchinov intel and insights that there's no way we were going to have and as a result listeners loved it and that was that Mm. so you know intel that hasn't aged well i think (laughs) until today exactly full circle 400 (laughs) episodes later reeling people in with a deep dive on karen hatchinov wow yes it worked um now, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, a couple of things, actually. One is it suddenly struck me that uh, the draw for Washington has just been made. So we know Rafa Underhouse playing next week. Ooh. That's going on, folks. Tell um, me. 
uh, yeah, he's uh, he's at the top of that draw there, and he is going to be playing against the winner of Jack Sock and Yoshihito Nishioka in the first round. Uh, and if he gets through to the quarterfinals, he is scheduled to play, if they both get through, Cameron Norrie. Um, winner of that would face the winner of Dimitrov and Evans in Washington. So that's all happening. And there's also Sinner, Dimonor, Apelka, Oshie uh are all in that draw. It's a pretty strong draw, I have to say. But yeah, Rafael Nadal is going to be back next week. So tennis doesn't stop, folks. Um, how, how long off is... No, I mean, Novak Djokovic has got a month, exactly a month between now and the start of the US Open. Does he play one event in that time, do you think? I think so. I think he plays Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, mm. I'd, ag- I'd agree. Mm. Yeah. Well, he said he was exhausted emotionally, didn't he? Here, he needs a bit of time to get over that, I mm. think. And yeah, one event f- feels about right. Well, I wonder whether he might even just play the week before the US Open, you know, just take a good proper reboot. Um, but what? A, a, I don't know what the... Is there the the rejig the rejigged calendar has the week before the USA? It always Winston Salem. Yeah, Winston Salem. Djokovic is not going to Winston Salem, David. You say that? No. It worked so well for him in Belgrade, didn't it? Belgrade two. No. Uh, He doesn't. He doesn't part own Winston Salem. (laughs) As far as we know. Um, But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is. Tell you who else enjoyed today's result was Steffi Graf, um, who is still the only player in history to win the Golden Slam, and it's been helped along by her compatriot, Alexander Zverev. Yeah, I mean, I spent a, a bit of time today thinking about Steffi Graf because, I, you know, I, I don't obviously don't remember her winning the the Golden Slam in. In 1988, it was just before the 90s, David. But I'm sure I'm sure you have, oh, I have memory of it. But the, the I mean, J- Djokovic is Djokovic is as good and as dominant a tennis player as I've known in my tennis watching and loving life. And he has been unable to achieve what Steffi Graf did in 1988. So. It really puts into focus just what an achievement that was. And she was 18? Hmm. Yeah. And she <laughs> was she was still taking on Martina Navratilova, um, who was still very, very good. Uh, Gabriella Sabatini. You know, this wasn't... Sometimes people try to do this era down, I think. her dom- And I think that sometimes happens when somebody's truly dominant. But there were loads of good players around still. And she actually beat Sabatini in the final of that Olympics. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is, it's always worth just remembering somebody who actually achieved what even Djokovic was unable to quite achieve today. And, and it's totally understandable when you look at the state of him, how exhausted he looked. It's not surprising. Mm. Now, I know obviously men are playing the best of five uh, at the major title tournaments. But even so, it's... Um, to, to to win all four and then go to the Olympics, which is what was happening in 1988 in Seoul. Don't know how she did it. But anyway, she did. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or on your smart TV in HD. Sounds great. There's genuinely nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere. And can I just sit and watch court shows in Longland all day? You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. So what else happened? Um, Today we had success for Matej Pavic and Nikola Mektic in the men's doubles final, beating Marin Cilic and Ivan Dodig 6-4, 3-6, 10-6 to win the gold for Croatia. So it would have been a gold for Croatia no matter what. I think there might have been a bit of a group hug before they actually started the match, um, which is a lovely thought. Um, But... Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for Pavic and Mektic. That it's mission accomplished, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's and it, it it's gone beyond mission accomplished because it's had all the other success around it as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, talk about a long term vision coming off. It was it was after Mektic had won the ATP Finals with Kulhoff that they split, and that was because Mektic wanted to play with Pavic. For the Olympics. I mean, talk about loading yourself up with pressure, sort of needing something to come off and sort of every step of the way they have just succeeded and they've had some setbacks. Obviously, the big one at the French Open being being withdrawn from that tournament because of COVID and they've responded by winning Wimbledon and winning the Olympic gold, which was their ultimate aim. I, I think it's an incredibly impressive season from both of them and there was a slightly weird atmosphere I felt to that final today with both Croatian teams I mean it was lovely there was plenty of intensity out there but you know because they're compatriots and you know Cilic has won the Davis Cup with Pavic you know they're they're intimately connected as as tennis players and yeah it it just was a slightly strange atmosphere and then it was a shame that it, it ended on a Hawkeye call and 
Uh, Pavic was desperate to celebrate because he knew it was out and Mektic just said hang on a minute we better just wait till that call that <laughs> um, was a fun moment but yeah just just brilliant for them and, and also nice for Cilic and Dodic to have a silver that will that will sit nicely I think on, on Marin Cilic's mantelpiece of trophies I think he will he will treasure that one alongside some really big titles that he's won in his career as well that, uh, mm. that silver for his country and we also have the first ever uh, Olympic tennis medal won by New Zealand because Marcus Daniel and Michael Venus have uh, have won that um, that bronze medal match, which I always think is just one of the great features of the Olympic Games. The fact that you you can come back and, st- and having lost and have another chance and still walk away feeling amazing, unless you lose. Uh, uh, um, Djokovic will be doing that twice tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure mm. he's pumped about it i mean no no i i don't mean to sound as flippant look i'm sh- he 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 will be pumped if he wins if he wins medals i just i doubt going to sleep tonight that was what he fancied no, doing of course not I, th- I think the the plane ride home if he's got if he's got a win even if it was even if he lost the singles and won the mixed doubles you know i think he would leave feeling better about things you know i think it would make a difference um but still not not same um so just on just on venus and daniel they're the first to win for new zealand uh a medal in tennis at the olympics but but the second and third new zealanders because oh, really? um in 1912 anthony wilding was representing australasia and he won he won a medal um and he's a he's a fascinating man in tennis history won four Wimbledons in a row and then was was killed in action during World War One so sort of never had the career that he could have had um mm. but he won an Olympic medal in in Stockholm and um that win today for for those New Zealanders meant that uh Tennis Sangren and Austin Krychek didn't win which meant that this is the first Olympics since 1920 where the U.S. haven't won a tennis medal. Obviously, wow. tennis wasn't in a lot of those Olympics, but they were in plenty, and this is the first time since then that they've not won a medal. It, di- it did strike me last night thinking about where are all the Americans? The, the, I, I hadn't really clocked that Sangren and Krejcik could get a bronze for them, but it was alarming to look at the list and just see no Americans at all. Um, I mean, I, f- I think a few, uh, quite a few of them, didn't enter, did they? John, mm. John Isner, for instance, um, and Coco uh, Goff couldn't play yes, because of, of COVID. Of course, yeah, yeah. that's a real blow. Uh, but anyway, well done to Venus and Daniel. Ven- wasn't Venus the player who played at the ATP Finals and was having a really tough time um, yes. during COVID? Yes, he wasn't yes. sure whether they'd be able to go back to mm. New Zealand prior to the Australian Open. I think it was. Yeah, it was a, it was tough for him. Yeah, uh, mixed doubles. We'll see a final. T- is it the finals on Sunday? Isn't it in the mixed doubles? I think, uh, and it's uh, Andre Rublev and Anastasia Pavlichenkova against Aslan Karatsev and Alina Vesnina. Um, Catherine referenced the the defeat of Beers uh, at the hands of Rublev and Pavlichenkova. Have we got anything for Rublev and Pavlichenkova, Catherine? Or are you going to have to work on that one? Just keep talking. And okay, my mind's. Uh, my mind's working. Blooming amazing match. Five seven six four thirteen eleven. Matt, did you see any of that? I saw some. Yes, um, they saved a match point 
did insert name here, Rublev and Pavel <laughs> Chenkova. Uh, no, haven't come up with it yet. Uh, <laughs> Rublenkova? Pavlev. N- no. Uh, Pavlev. I quite like Pavlev. Okay, all right. Pav- Pav- Pavlova? No. <laughs> Pav- okay, Pavlev then. Okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm useless at this. No, um, no, it's, it's I, good. I'm annoyed I didn't come up with it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Carry on. Yeah, well, um, Pav of Pavlev saved saved a match point with a backhand winner up the line past Barty, and that was their third um, match tiebreak in a row that they've won. Rublev and Pavlyuchenko. They've been they've been cutting it fine in, in a lot of these matches, but getting over their line, and and they're quite funny as a pairing. Yes, they're they're what. Olympics mixed doubles pairing should be, isn't it? Sort of singles players thrown together on this sort of weird, impossible, brilliant quest. Yes. There are some wonderful photos on Getty of Pavlochenkova taking a smash and Rublev at the back of the court shadow swinging the smash at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's what I thought Maritzipas would be, but it was weird. Oh, dear. Brilliant. Well, I really want to watch that. So that, I think it's, um, it, yes, it's uh, Saturday. We have the just the one gold medal match, which is uh, the, the women's final between Belinda Bencic and Marketa Vondrosheva. Um, but that's after the two bronze medal matches starting at seven o'clock UK time. So what's that? Two in the morning on the east coast of the States um, between Novak Djokovic and Pablo Corona Busta. And that's followed by the bronze medal match between Elena Rabakina and Elena Svitolina uh, for a bronze medal. And then it's the Bencic Vondrosheva. Well, who do you think's going to win that? Have you got a feeling? I. <sighs> I think I'd probably go Benchich. Probably Benchich, but weird Olympics. So and Vondrosheva does come up with with the most surprising time. Don't to, understand to turn it on. Vondrosheva or her career at all. No. So <laughs> who knows, Matt? She'd be good for a hypothetical, Matt, career-wise. <sighs> Get your thinking cap on for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um Got a hunch for Vondrosheva. Don't know why. It's just because it's all weird, isn't it? So yeah. um, she did win their previous meeting, which was in Miami. I have no well, recollection of it, but it was 6-4 in the third just a few months ago. Pretty tight. But could be some good rallies in that. I think so. Both they both like to use the whole court, don't they? They're, mm. they're interesting players. I would be surprised if whoever, the win tomorrow for whoever it is isn't the biggest moment of their careers. Yeah. Not to date, oh, right. overall, Ever. once they retire. yeah, That's very interesting. That's a really interesting one to monitor because they're both pretty young. Um, mm. So there's still a lot to go. Do you feel that about the men's singles final as well? <sighs> I think I do about Hatchinov. Uh I'm not sure about Zverev. Could be. I, I don't feel confident in my... Not sureness about Zverev. Hmm. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't say. Oh, they'll definitely be higher peaks than this. Def. I, I would not say that with that confidence. So that means we have on Sunday. Therefore, it'll be the men's singles final between Karen Hatchinov and Alexander Zverev. The mixed doubles final and the women's final. 
Women's doubles final? Yes. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I'm on it, folks. Sort of. (laughs) Still hungover. (laughs) It is confusing, isn't it? There's there's overlap of players in in more than one event. The bronze medal matches are really stumping me, I've got to be (laughs) honest. Uh, Even if I was completely unhungover, I think I'd find this pretty tricky. Uh, Seven o'clock tomorrow morning, UK time on court one. Uh, Veronica Kudamatova and Lena Vesnina against Pagossi and Stefani for the bronze. And uh, that's followed by Beers against Djokovic. If you want to do a combination of Djokovic and Stojanovic or Stojanovic. (laughs) I can't think of an actual name that is useful. So I won't. Ninak. Okay, Ninak it is. <laughs> Thank you very much. Beers against Ninak for the bronze uh, on court one. And uh, I think it's high time we got to bed. <laughs> it's 8.45 local time. That's definitely bedtime for me. Uh, and Catherine's got to be up super early for her, her presenting work on Eurosport it, it, uh, in the morning. It's, it, it's late rather than early. Yes. Anything right. before six is the night time. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and we have our mascots, of course, being Zeus and Rogue and Scouser Mousel. Thank you all for your support. And Billie Jean King for Billie Jean the Dog, uh, who's going to be back soon. Back soon, I think. Hopefully. Yes, my my phone offered me up a, a, a memories packet. You know the way Google Photos offers you... I think it's called Memories Together, you know, using its facial recognition software. And it was Memories Together of David Law and Billie Jean Canine. And it was just a little (laughs) compilation slideshow of all of your touching moments with Billie Jean. It it really got me. (laughs) We did bond, I have to say. (laughs) I I have been missing her. Uh, She hasn't given me a second thought. But anyway... She'll she'll be all right when I'm. She's one of those in person people, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, you know, yeah. When you when you're there, she she loves it. But you know, your, your history as soon as you're out the door. Anyway, um, <laughs> Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer and the the marvelous uh, mascot provider for the week of is it Haida and Sommer, Matt? I'm getting the nod. Awesome. Right. Okay, folks. Uh, this has been. A lot of fun. Uh, weird, as usual. This is the Weird Olympics. It's what we do. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow with more weirdness. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.